Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Jules Robbins. Jules is the current representative for Red in the Council of Colors within Wizards of the Coast's R&D. Welcome to the show, Jules. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, today, we're going to be talking all about Red in Commander, its strengths, its weaknesses, its power level relative to the other colors, and how Wizards is working to enhance the color within the limits of the modern color pie. Before we really dive into the topic of Red and Commander, can you tell us what it means to be the Red representative on the Council of Colors? What is the Council, and what are the responsibilities of your position? Sure. So the Council does a few different things. I guess the biggest amount of time in the job role thing is doing passes over sets that are in flight to both make sure individual cards are doing a good job of representing the color and doing thematic things, not undermining the color's weaknesses, and also earlier on in the process to make sure mechanics we're exploring are going to make sense in the colors they appear in and all that sort of thing. But then on a smaller time frame basis, we'll also often go and try to solve individual card issues with a set lead. They'll be having some issue in, say, the limited environment and trying to design a card in a color that can solve it and constantly running into novel space and trying to figure out, like, well, what should be in this color? Does this feel appropriate and play into the color style? Very interesting. How do you feel about Red's power level in formats other than Commander? Yeah, I think Red's been at quite a good spot pretty much everywhere else. We've got you know, a bunch of standard decks that are using red recently, some mono-red aggressive lists and red-black and sometimes green sacrifice-based decks. We've had teamer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. adventures and various forms of ramp that almost always include red. There's a strong rule aggro deck right now, but the metagame hasn't been overrun there. Yeah, I was going to say I really like the gruel deck that's around right now. Yeah, very, very happy with how it's uh, <laughs> meshed between the sets there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, Historic's got more sacrifice decks and goblins, and Modern's always full of lightning bolt decks, whether it's fairer ones with Death Shadow or Burn decks, even all the way back to like Legacy and Vintage. Uh, Pyroblast is carrying a lot of weight and mm-hmm. making a decent yeah. number of red decks show up. 1v1, Red's been in a pretty healthy spot. So what would you say are the the strengths of red and the weaknesses of red? And how do those translate from a 1v1 20 life format to the commander rule set? Yeah, this is definitely somewhere red runs into a lot of problems. Of the five colors, red is definitely the most short-sighted and impulsive. And in game mechanical terms, that means red ends up with a lot of extra focus on aggression and making plays that'll do something cool now but might not put you in a great position down along the line nitty-gritty on the cards we get lots of little creatures and direct player burn that just drops off a lot in 40 life multiplayer where instead of trying to deal 20 damage to your opponent's faces you've got 120 to get through if you're the one aggressing yeah it's a pretty large multiple there (laughs) exactly so, yeah, this has definitely been a challenge on, like, how to get Red to do things in Commander and be a fun, full fifth of the environment without losing the essence of what it is or making cards that are just going to ruin two-player games. 
So has Red's color pie changed at all in recent years in order to give it a little oomph in Commander since it's since it's such a popular format? Yeah, certainly. I think the big one we talk about a lot is the sort of impulsive draw where you exile cards from the top of your library and get a short amount of time to try to play them, standing in for some of Red's lack of card draw. But we've also been exploring spaces that, you know, let red play a little bit more in the resource conversion value plan space that has been more of Black's bailiwick in the past. We have things like Nahiri's Lithoforming and have been doing a little more artifact sacrifice as well to help red play longer games that way. And then I would say less commander-fueled, but another big thing we have shifted recently was the sort of polymorph space, turning your creatures into random ones from your library that we used to do in blue is now much more a red thing Mm -hmm. i think now there's uh was it transmogrify was finally like that's pretty much polymorph but now officially red right in m21 and then yeah yeah. we're doing similar stuff here recently too Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's official Uh, which is cool I, I really love that answer. Resource conversion is, is like one of the things I really enjoy about Commander. I love playing with black, so it's exciting to see that you all are exploring that space with red. Um, but I want to, um, I want to touch a little bit more on impulse draw. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sort of look at EDH Rec and their numbers, basically EDH Rec is a database of many different deck lists and it sort of combines and aggregates them in order to say broad things about the commander format or at least how it's represented in these databases and if you look at the popularity of a lot of these impulse draw effects it's fairly low most of them don't break into the top 100 red cards it's only outpost siege and and chandra torch of defiance that sort of cross that threshold and it seems like outpost siege is is mainly used more for the pinging effect it's it's used in commanders that can synergize most with the the dragons side of the card so i'm wondering like how does the how do you feel about the popularity of impulsive draw and what does wizards typically do when they find a mechanic that they think solves a problem in a format but it it's not being adopted it's not being played by the players yeah so there are a couple of things here i guess the First one I'll lead off with is a caveat that EDHREC tends to have people playing at a significantly higher power level than average in Commander, but that's not to say it's not a power level a lot of people play at. Commander's just got this long continuum, so this is one portion of the player base. And I think that's essentially pertinent here, because there are sort of two sorts of weaknesses a color can have, and Impulsive Draws trying to address one side. There are The things that draw you to a color that the color is good at, best in class at. And that's not supposed to be card draw for red. Card draw is blue's thing, and, you know, black's the number two at it. Red is supposed to be a distant fourth. So we try to make the impulsive draw cards more to plug the other kind of weakness on, like, this color alone is going to just fall behind and be unable to do things. We don't want to print a lot of impulsive draw cards that are so good at drawing cards that a blue-red deck is going to opt to play those instead of the blue card draw. These are intended more to fill roles like I'm playing mono-red or Boros and I still have a way to stay in the game and keep going long. 
So we expect them to be low play. But I think the Outpost Siege and Chandra examples were good ones, where it's like, we still can make powerful cards doing this. They just can't have all of the power focused only in the impulsive draw ability. That's a really cool answer. (laughs) Great. Yeah, appreciate it. I want to ask, what are Red's strategies for winning in Commander? How does Wizards envision the Commander gameplay styles that are distinctly Red? I think a lot of this is trying to capture the same feeling that's distinctly Red in a lot of 20 life heads up formats, but using different mechanics that are, well, sometimes different, sometimes the same, that are more Mm -hmm. effective in a Commander context. Red's about having big flashy moments and a lot of action all at once and not planning way too far in advance. And while that might be, you know, a three power haste creature and a face burn spell when you're playing standard, there are still a lot of ways we can translate that into commander. And I think it does get some of this, like reds get a bunch of big haste creatures that can still have swings out of hand from nowhere. A lot of direct face damage that can get past walls of blockers, but We also get to try to tap into some more big blowout moments that aren't fun when it's a two-player game because it just leaves someone too far behind to compete, but can be fun in multiplayer. Like the shunt that's uh, redirecting spells, we tend not to push in two-player games because it'll stop your opponent's spell from doing something and kill one of their things, and it often just be like a dead card in your hand or put you so far ahead the game's over. But in Commander, that allows for the sort of like improvised, based on what your opponents are doing in the moment, big splashy plays that still feel big and red. And we're trying to emphasize a lot of that play pattern. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It'll be live more often in multiplayer and you can potentially like spread out who you're hurting. And even if it does completely blow up someone's plan, a lot of games, they won't get attacked for a little while and can build up a new plan. How do you feel about combo as sort of a red game plan in Commander? Um, I ask because we, we've seen a lot of recent high-profile red cards that tend to enable combo, things like you know Wheel of Misfortune, Jeskov's Will, Underworld Breach, or even like all the, the three different cards in Commander Legends that combo with Kiki-Jiki. Yeah, certainly I think only a small piece of the puzzle. There are a lot of groups that don't like to do Combo-y things, so we don't want to lean too hard onto the button and end up with even fewer red cards for those groups to play with. But I would say, as a playstyle, it definitely leans pretty red, where you've got some big over-the-top epic thing you're trying to do, and you know all your eggs are in one basket a lot of the time. If it doesn't work out, you're not there. Yeah, I was actually going to say that too. I think it, it's seemed from like an outside observer, like a lot of the red combo cards especially these like the port razor and the ones that combo with kiki jiki um tend to be kind of all in if someone has a kill spell it doesn't work but then they're also kind of later game spells you need two five mana spells it's either over multiple turns or you have to have like 12 mana or something like that so it seems like you've all in r&d have been pretty conscious of like what combo is doing in commander or what it can be like and honestly it seems like these are really in a good spot for commander too being that they're so like highly interactable so i I don't know if that was a conscious decision but like thank you (laughs) if we get more stuff like that like when the combo cards are kind of later game stuff it seems like it makes for really good gameplay even if like 
not every group is super down to combo all the time. Very glad to hear it's working out. Like we certainly, yeah. <laughs> you know, can't catch everything. There are a million card interactions, but certainly the combos we manage to identify before cards come out, that is a big factor weighing on our minds for like, how fun is this going to be to play against over and over again? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to touch back on some EDH rec data. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at the number of monocolor decks on EDH rec, red is actually, you know, pretty much the middle of the pack. It's about as popular as the, the mono blue decks, the mono black decks, the mono green decks, significantly, actually significantly more than the mono white decks in EDH rec. But if you look at the the sum of the number of copies of the top 50 monocolor cards, you'll see that mono red cards see far less play in commander than cards of any other color, according to EDH rec. How do you interpret that information? Yeah, so I think this speaks a lot to the previous thing I was talking about, the sort of distinction between draws into the color versus patching weaknesses in the color. I think we've done a pretty good job of patching red's weaknesses, which lets the monocolor decks work but still have some work and slow iteration in accentuating red strengths so that the multicolor decks and, you know, tons of people are playing three or four color and sometimes five color commanders are drawing you to play the red cards versus the other options. Part of this is definitely a density thing with the issues we've talked about with like standard cards translating over to commander when we make robber of the rich and it's strong and standard because it's a two power haste creature for two on top of its other abilities that's a card that doesn't translate over into being a strong draw in commander whereas more often the sorts of effects that green has do just naturally bridge to both formats one of the things about the monocolor decks and the adoption of monocolor decks is it's the last few years in particular have been pretty good to mono red there's been a lot of really interesting build around mono red commanders, and it really has seemed like you've mined out a lot of new cool space for like red mages and people who want to kind of try out these like synergy engines or these conversion engines. Are you still looking for spaces for red to to grow in like a multiplayer setting? Is there kind of a, a sense in R and D that red is just like super cool and we're going to move on to something else at this point? I would say at the moment, white is pinging higher on the radar, but we are definitely actively looking at ways to give red more exciting things to do. I think I probably failed to mention this in the new stuff because it's not quite new, but like we've been playing around a lot more with Goad recently, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, maybe these cards are hard to get into all of the booster sets because they do less in two-player, but getting red to let your opponents attack each other a bunch and just right, carve out more of those unique effects that the other colors aren't going to provide for you. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I definitely want to echo uh, what Zach said. I think that like the red commanders printed over the last few years have been really spectacular. And I want to give, give a little kudos specifically. I understand you were the set design lead for Commander Legends. And all of the red partners in that set were were real bangers. They just all seemed like really awesome commanders to lead unique decks that are doing things differently from most of what already exists in the format. So I, I love that you're paying attention to the red and giving it so many new tools while you're you're working on patching up some of these weaknesses and, and working on the the non-legendary cards. Very glad to hear it. And yeah, this like 
new tools and scattershot approach is a lot of what we want to try to do. Like we have ideas about what'll be fun and cool and exciting. And at the end of the day, it's what the players latch on to and love that is going to make magic cards. People want to keep playing for years to come. So we want to slowly try a lot of stuff, but when something works, we'll jump on it. Uh, well, speaking of cards that people have latched onto, cheap looting and rummaging spells have become very popular in red commander decks with Faithful Looting, Thrill of Possibility, Cathartic Reunion, and Tormenting Voice all breaking into the top 25 red cards on EDH Rec. And I think these cards are notable because not only are they popular in commander, but they're also just sort of like bread and butter type of limited cards that help make those games go more smoothly. So I wanted to ask, like, what other types of red mechanics tend to work well in both limited and commander? And what types of red mechanics are more challenging to fit into sets like Goad, as you mentioned earlier? So I think Rummaging is a big one. Another that bridges really well from limited to commander has been treasure tokens. We got to do a lot of this in Ixalan, but the boost and color fixing gets to do a lot more in limited where getting your... 5-5 five, five out early does something, but in Commander, you get maybe a little bit of ramp or maybe build up to the sorts of big all-in-one turn plays that define a lot of Red's feel there. And I guess one more I'll bring up is uh, there's smaller space, but I think a little room to do good overlappy things with Double Strike that can play more of a combat tricky role in Limited, but allow for either big Voltron-y things like we've seen with Ember Cleave or just blowout moments in Commander as well, where the power scales a lot higher. On that vein, if you don't mind me like mm-hmm. moving forward, Treasure has been something that I've enjoyed a lot. It's been something that I think, as you noted, the audience, like the player base has kind of latched onto. And it's really cool because it kind of it has multiple hooks on which it operates. They're like artifact tokens, but they sacrifice so that they die. And you can make a lot of them at once, but they also make mana. So they, they kind of work on multiple planes of play. And I think that's one of the things that's also true about a lot of just the red space that we've seen in Commander the last few years. Like the red commanders, mono red, and otherwise that we've seen kind of operate on like a bunch of different hinges, different axes, I guess. I don't want to be condescending when I say this, but like, is that is that intentional? Is this like, are you looking for as many hooks as possible when you're coming up with these mechanics or is it just like this was very elegant and made for fun gameplay i think it varies it's like if we've got something doing one thing that we're confident a bunch of people are going to love and knocking it out of the park we don't need to pile everything up onto one card but i think it gives a lot of extra replayability to the format where like someone can love a commander or already have played against a commander and have another take on what's going on there. It's definitely something we try to find on a lot of cards, Mm -hmm. specifically in partners for commander legends. We wanted them to pair up using different parts of the cards with different partner and color options when possible. I just want to touch briefly a question related to the, the looting and rummaging spells I mentioned earlier, because We've gotten so many of these these great looting and rummaging spells in recent years. Red now has a lot of good discard outlets and is able to sculpt its graveyard fairly well. I know that historically, Red hasn't had a lot of graveyard interaction outside of 
graveyard oriented sets, but are you interested or is R&D in general interested in enhancing Red's graveyard interactions to create more synergy with these types of rummaging effects? Yeah, it's certainly space we need to tread carefully on. The other colors already are doing a lot of graveyard interaction and we don't want everything to end up getting too samey. But, you know, we have phoenixes pretty frequently that let you do a little bit of like value with your rummaging stuff a lot of the time to get themselves back to the battlefield. And we've certainly been experimenting with little bits of extra graveyard interaction, doing a little bit more trash for treasure sort of stuff recently with Goblin Engineer and some more spell recursion. Underworld Breach is a pretty big swing. We'll see where it leads on trying to give Red some amount of graveyard interaction if it's still capturing that like temporary and immediate red ethos is there any interest in splitting off the shallow grave or like gorio's vengeance type of reanimation spells and like making a distinction between like black does permanent reanimation and red does this like short-term one-shot reanimation yeah it's certainly something we're looking at and experimenting with it's not entirely clear that we want to completely take this away from black and black and red are already similar so who knows where it'll lead, but it's space we've dipped our toes in a little bit recently. Uh, if you remember Thunderkin Awakener from M20, mm-hmm. actually for enchantments rather than creatures, but Storm Herald and Theros Beyond Death are both yeah. like, dipping our toes in the water here. See how it goes. This is a pretty self-serving question for me, but you're talking about phoenixes. We get a lot of phoenixes, but like another kind of red passion trope is just like, really angry guy like will we ever see a guy in the phoenix space that's just so angry he just like keeps coming back is or is it that going to be something that is pretty solidly just phoenixes do this i'll never say never if we've got the really perfect knock it out of the park concept and setting maybe but i think you know this is so emblematic of what phoenixes are and black plays so much in this space that uh, we we get into a lot of danger muddying the waters if we mm-hmm. start spreading it around to just the you know never give up sort of. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about um, red's damage based removal. So it tends to kill small creatures efficiently, but has trouble with larger creatures. And well, when you translate from sixty card twenty life formats to commander, is that the creatures tend to get quite a bit larger, at least the the ceiling gets raised in terms of the size of creatures being played. Is there any interest in designing red removal that scales to commander's larger creatures? There certainly is, but it's a very a problem demanding very bespoke solutions. Mm-hmm. One of our biggest problems in Magic Color Pie as a whole is keeping every color meaningfully distinct, and red and black removal really easily run straight into each other if red removal starts killing everything that's big so we not only want to make sure to maintain that for two player but like even in commander while trying to make red removal more effective we want it to play differently than just destroy target creature we've had x spells for a long time that are pretty inefficient at this but can big kill big creatures and we've been looking more recently at other ways to scale this that'll naturally scale up in commander along the same size lines so they can kill a much bigger swath of the creatures without 
always taking Lord of Extinction off the table or what have you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like scaling with the power of your creatures, like the Warstorm Surge space we've been doing a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. And just getting more efficient in X scaling, like Jaya's Immolating Inferno, I think is also proven productive space. But we, we've got more experiments in the works. So I, I take it we're not going to see a second Blasphemous Act anytime soon. We're definitely trying not to lean on right just a number so big that it doesn't really matter as the way to solve <laughs> this that is much more likely to turn into just being black removal. Sure. Has there been any interest or any exploration into effects like Volcano Hellion, where it deals an amount of damage of your choice equal to you and target creature? So that, you know, in, in 20 life formats, there's a, a harder limit on that than a com- format like Commander, where you have more life to spend. Yeah, it's certainly something on the radar. This is one of the spots where I think we run into, like, what do people actually want to play with? As you point out, this is a good way to actually do the thing and be pretty effective in Commander, but it's naturally space that a lot of players are pretty reticent to use so even if we print a functional somewhat strong card in this space a lot of people are just going to not want to play with it so mm-hmm. I, I would say it, right we we get less hyped about trying to make cards here but yeah. if it lines up correctly and there's a sweet card to make it's definitely one of the tools available what ways have you looked to design around the multiplayer nature of commander with with your new red cards to the goad point, I think goad specifically is great, but there's this much wider space that we're also trying to explore with red on like just getting your opponents to be each other's enemies a little bit more. So Frenzied Saddlebrood and Commander Legends, I think, is a prime example of this. Like giving your opponents haste to attack one another. Or we've been doing this in a lot of colors, but stuff like Belby trying to just give your opponents incentives to get into each other, I think is a great space for Red to lead the charge in. Get combat happening and let the games feel a little more aggressive because Red's there. Yeah, I love that type of space. Fiendish Duo is actually one of my favorite Red cards from the last few years. It's that that devil from the second game night that has, if a source would deal damage to an opponent, it deals double that damage to that player instead. Uh, that's yeah. just worked out so well and it's really exploded in popularity in commander so the the idea of seeing more effects like that and the saddle brute that's uh, really exciting to me me too <laughs> it was really exciting to see uh wheel of misfortune in commander legends after such a long period of time without getting that kind of effect is this something we can expect to see more in the future or is this just uh one of those types of red mechanics that are hard to fit into sets. I think it's definitely at least somewhat in the latter category. Refilling your hand to seven is so many cards that it's really tough to put into standard environments without ending up in situations where burn decks never run out of gas and don't have to interact with the battlefield or little red aggro deck just outvalues the control deck over the long game or things like that. But It's definitely on the radar as space people love, and we have been looking at ways to do it. Standard has had a little bit more of, I guess what I'll call small wheeling, where you're not drawing all the way up to seven. The Chandra, the new Chandra Planeswalker in M21? 
there's there's the new Chandra plane. Oh, I guess it was the Planeswalker, and then there's the Ox and stuff. So yeah, I, I was thinking like Ox of Aganis and Bedlam Reveler were the names. Yeah, yeah, remember. Bedlam. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that space we're trying to explore more. So, what types of red mechanics that work well in Commander are more challenging to fit into standard sets? One thing that's really hard to get into standard sets, but can be a lot of fun in Commander, are rituals. Like getting a bunch of extra mana for this turn only. It's perfectly on the head. Red's going to do its big thing now. Never mind that I'm down a card later. But they are really dangerous in competitive formats. You end up with storm decks and all sorts of wildness. So we've been trying to figure out how to make these in standard. I think Iron Crag feats mostly worked out, but it's a lot easier to put Jessica's Will into Commander Legends than it would be into a standard set. Gotcha. These types of effects are really fun and exciting, but I, you know, everyone has gotten owned by a Storm deck at yeah. a couple times <laughs> in their Magic career. So I can understand why you might be reticent about putting them into more sets. Is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners anything else we haven't touched on today that you'd like to say about red and commander and and what its future looks like in the format yeah i guess the big thing would be like as i've mentioned a few times we're experimenting with a lot of stuff and it's very easy from inside the building to see things people are playing a ton of and what people aren't playing but it's harder to see the stuff that's just not quite getting there from people. And I'll preface, we certainly cannot look at outside card designs, but if, you know, there are cards in red that you love, but you just can't justify playing in your deck, or situations you're always encountering and you don't even know how to solve it, but you're like, I keep being playing my red deck against a board full of seven sevens and I don't know how to get out of it. Or even if you're playing with cards in another color and wondering to yourself could this be red i'd love to hear the thoughts we're you know trying to make the game you all want to play how can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to continue this conversation share their thoughts and ask more questions i think the best way would probably be on twitter um at jules robbins with one b so and i i do want to say nick kind of mentioned that you were set design lead for commander legends but you've also done just a lot of really cool design work at wizard since you've been there and i mean for me it's really cool like you worked on the commander 2017 and 2018 i feel like a lot of casual play has been homogenized to commander but if anyone did play the explorers of ixalan like i know that you worked on that and that was a ton of fun so i i'm a fan of your work and it's been really cool to get to talk to you today Well, thanks. I'm, I'm very glad to hear it's hidden the mark and bringing joy. And it's been great talking to you, too. Great. Uh, well, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, Jules. Thank you so much. And can't wait to see more of your work in the future and the direction that Red is heading. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It is Zach. I'm dropping in at the end to say a few things. First, Happy New Year. This is coming out on New Year's Eve. Cute little listen while you're making some boozy punch or a nice dinner or playing some web cards or whatever you're going to be doing today. I don't know. I hope you have fun and I welcome you into the new year uh, along with, you know, the rest of the earth. So that's pretty great. Some things. The first is that this interview was awesome. Jules was awesome. 
and we specifically kept the questions in the episode to red, the color red, but Jules was nice enough to answer some questions just about stuff in general and design in general that are not in the episode. <laughs> Basically, Jules, if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on again at some point just to talk about design and products you've designed and stuff like that that wasn't quite as constrictive to just your position as the red mana guru so hopefully in 2021 we'll get to um, some cool stuff like that so that is most of the stuff um we're excited to get into this new year hopefully i mean we have so many plans we've, we've had so many plans and this last year kind of kicked us in the butt like most people but we're really hoping to get some more stuff moving and we really honestly could not have done uh, as much as we'd done this year if it weren't for the support of our friends and our patrons who just kind of let us kind of be creative, create cool things. Um, we love your input. Our Discord has become a really wonderful place, at least for me, where I can talk to all of you really cool people and uh, everyone has really cool ideas and different takes and brews and we can really hash out cards and commanders and look at weird takes on things. It's it's awesome. And uh, this year would have been a lot worse for me if you <laughs> weren't all there. So thank you so much. Uh, so on that note, uh, I'm going to uh, say thank you to our Patreon patrons, Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, the White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amond, Kevin, Matthew, Jamie, Russell, Kaidel, and Jeremy. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We uh, are really excited to get into this next year. After talking to Jules, after talking to Ari, I have I have no idea what's gonna what's gonna happen. <laughs> what's gonna happen? What are they gonna print? So we will all find out together and go on this crazy adventure together. So uh, thank you for supporting us. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you all in 2021. Have a good time. Bye. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.